Work all day has got me sick I'm tired of all the politics Only one thing does the trick Time for broken shtick Part hockey, part comedy You get all of your kicks for free There's only one place to be Here on Broken Shtick The world is changing, don't you blink Outside and inside the rink Go and pour yourself a drink It's even later than you think Just played you a trick And you feel like a lunatic Grab a puck and a stick real quick It's time for broken shtick It's time for broken shtick It's time for broken shtick uh, Welcome to Broken Shtick, everybody uh, You just heard our theme song, like always Our guest didn't hear it Because we still don't know how to do that uh, But it will be in the final product um, Our guest this week is Chris Calagero Hello, thank you very much Yes Oh, Diehard Devils fan. Yeah, I turned uh, turned the air conditioning all the way up uh, just to feel the chill of the, the ice cold air and, and get ready for the podcast. <laughs> just just to feel the heat of the Devils season this year. Yeah, feel the heat <laughs> of thirty four big points. And uh, with us, as always, is uh, is uh, our producer, uh, Rangers fan, John Rosenberger. Yeah. Hey, everybody. One day yeah. we'll stop waving at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Zoom uh, habit. You can't help it. Um, yeah. Sorry, my dog is now in the picture. Uh, but oh, no, uh, excellent. I got I got two dogs on the couch with me. Oh, they insist nice. on podcasting with me. They love a po- dogs love podcasts. Where's, yeah. where's your dog, Rosenberger? Uh, it's a cat and it's sleeping over there. <laughs> where's your dog? It's a cat and it's not here. <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah thanks for having me dude this is uh i love uh talking about the devils yeah well i mean first of all how how you been i've been pretty good i've been hanging in there you know we're uh we've been holed up in brooklyn um but me and my wife uh, emily winter uh who you also know um we're uh i forget that she's your wife these days (laughs) these days she's my wife yes um we're both vaxxed, so she's fully, and on Sunday, I'll be two weeks from my second shot, so we're ready to rock and roll here. All right. Yeah, I got I got five more days before my, uh, I'm two weeks out from my shot. Excellent. Yeah, I just booked my first, like, in-person show from someone else asking me uh, in over a year, like, next yeah. week. It's That's like, good. I feel crazy. It's a good feeling, right? Yeah, I forgot what it was like. I was like, they're like, you want to do the show? And I was like, shut up. No. <laughs> Me? <laughs> yeah, I like I had to humble myself to people like, uh, you know, like I I've got a festival coming up, uh the the the, the Southwest Chieftain Festival in Trinidad, Colorado, and I, w- I had to like reach out to people and be like, "Hey, I've got a festival coming up. Uh, you know, do you have any spots where I can like, you know, work on some stuff?" And I had to be like, "And also, I haven't done comedy in a year, so it's going to be terrible. <laughs> right, right, right. I feel like it's like, like I'm, I'm not getting ready for anything. But if I were, I'd be like, "Hello, I just need to speak into your microphone. Uh, that's it. I just need right. to remember what that feels like." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of it is just kind of like, like, I mean, I feel like I can remember the words to my jokes, but they're not going to be funny. Right. It's well. Like the, yeah. No. You started. No, that's it. That's all I had to say. <laughs> yeah. No, I. I like did book myself one show like over this, like the bar around the corner um, was doing outside stuff and like, it's my regular bar. And they were like, do you want to do something? And I said, yes. 
Um, so I just like did like 35 minutes uh, and that felt crazy. You did 35 minutes. Yeah. And like, you like that used to feel like a breeze and yeah. now, and <laughs> I was just like, eh. like, I felt like my brain gears like whirring in place. They were just like, yeah. like, what else do you have? Like, remember, and then like, as soon as I got off stage, I remembered like five jokes that I forgot to tell. Right. Right. Did you do crowd work? Well, it, I, I did like a, a little bit, yeah, but people were like a little spaced out. This was all, it's like last summer, so people were still very spaced out. No, There was no vaccine or anything, obviously, yet. Yeah. And so it was a little hard, um, but I definitely tried because I was like, I needed to pad some time in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I went to, uh, I went to Denver in September, and uh, Denver was having, you know, uh, they were having a ton of outdoor shows. And I got booked on a bunch of stuff that I wasn't like really ready for. And every show was sold out. And it was like, you know, like it would be like the alley behind the bar and they'd have it closed off and it could hold like easily a hundred people, but sold out was 40 socially distanced. Right. And, uh, you know, no one's close to the stage and no one's like packed together, which is both faux pas in general for comedy. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing about it. Like I didn't really do any outdoor shows other than that one I booked for myself because it felt so unappealing. Right. um, To try and like wrangle people sitting so far away from you and then away from each other. There's no chance to just like group them into some, you know, an audience. It's it's hard to get them hard to get the crowd, like really rolling at the same time watching Watching Bill Burr and, and Mulaney and Dave Chappelle struggle while doing SNL <laughs> monologues, yeah. like really gave me a lot of confidence being like, oh, so we all suck right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> nothing better than watching famous people eat it, you know? Right. W- watching Bill Burr <laughs> just say, okay, plowing along. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You realize like that there's only so many things to say in those moments. And right. it was like, oh, yeah, that's like what everybody says when their joke doesn't hit and they're ready to keep going. Right. It was such, it's such an open mic line. Right. Right. Yeah. I guess for a reason. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but I'm excited now to, to get back out there. I did, I did some zoom shows, but if I did zoom shows, I just did character stuff. Cause I just felt like it was easier to hide inside a character. Yeah. And it was not as vulnerable. Yeah. Um, would you stay in character the whole set? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I would just, and it, it actually helped me like, work on his character who will like be good for any character shows that I would want to do in the future. So it was like, I felt like I was also getting work done for this guy. Yeah. Um, but also like I was on shows in character and watching, especially early on some standups who I like and who were doing working hard, but it was just like, it felt insane to Is- watch. Is this your character, like the, the uber Italian character? Well, I did him for a minute. I did one show where I literally like made homemade pasta and just like talk like an idiot for like yeah. 10 minutes. And then I did the, I did the, like, like my uncle, Italian uncle character. But then I kind of went to do this character called Chase Vernon Jr. who runs a funeral home for bros. Okay. And, um, and so that was the one I did the most over quarantine. Huh. It never yeah. occurred to me to try a character for the Zoom shows. I just decided to go up there and struggle instead. <laughs> Dude, character was great. I just said everything. Like, I just plowed and I'm just going, like going, going, going with character stuff. And I just like, didn't care. There, you released a video a few years ago when I was living with uh, Kevin O'Brien and Mara Wiles. And it was just like, you, it was like a translation video. 
And uh, oh, yeah. you know, one of your Italian guys, but what, what, what are the jokes that you did? was just like how to say the New York jets. And you're just like, these guys. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> we quoted that forever. Just anytime we were watching a sports team lose, like, ah, these guys. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's very awesome to hear. Yeah. No, that was one of the first ones I ever did. That was fantastic. Yeah. We were, we're all big fans. Thank you very much. But we're here to talk about hockey. You are a, uh, you are a devil's fan. New Jersey uh, Devils, baby. Did you play hockey growing up? I didn't. I didn't play hockey. I um, when I grew up in Jersey City, hockey felt like an impossible thing. Um, yeah. But I have so like <laughs> I have so many sports regrets from being a kid because right. I was like very anxious and like squirrely and uh, and so uncomfortable in my own skin um, to look stupid in front of people. And I love playing sports. I like I. I still like I, I play basketball now and volleyball like almost every week and yeah. I have like a lot of fun and I can move my body in the correct way. But I was so anxious that it just screwed up so much of my sports stuff when I was a kid. So Your I never I never just did force it. you to play. They Well, like so they, they forced like like baseball. I always played. Yeah. And basketball, I always played because like that was the first like sport that I really like loved. Um, and I played like a year of football. Uh, but the idea of ice skating was so daunting to my little brain that I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I played like a little roller hockey every now and again. Yeah. Um, I was very bad at it, but, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of wish that I, you know, knew now, uh, know then what I know now, which is like, who gives a shit? Just play, just try. Right. right. Uh, um, I'm actually basketball is the one sport I refuse to play. You refuse that, to like, play. I, I played it in middle school, but I'm like, I'm generally like a pretty uncoordinated person but I've grown up playing enough sports that I can hide it pretty well mm-hmm. in most sports, but basketball really exploits my uncoordination. Like it comes out in the worst way. Yeah. And, yeah. Basketball yeah. is uh basketball is like, I don't want to say sneaky athletic. It's obvious athletic, but like coordination wise, you need so much going on that it can like, really like you said, expose you if you're, right. if you're not ready for it. I look, I look so foolish playing it. And whereas I can, I can play like, you know, volleyball, soccer, baseball, and not look ridiculous, but like yeah. the basketball, it's just like, oh my God. This Did is... you play hockey? Yeah. Yeah. I played hockey too. And hockey was one of those deals where it's like, uh, you know, I could hold my own, but it was also because I probably practiced way more than everyone else. Like I really worked at hockey really hard. Yeah. yeah. I was one of those, uh, I'm just realizing this lately because we've been talking about this in the podcast, but I'm like, uh, I played in high school and I was in the first line, but I was like the worst guy on the first line. Sure. A real, a real Thomas Wilson, if you will. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. You're on the first line, baby. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I belonged on the third line, but I, I just kind of like the, the two other guys were the two leading scorers on our team. And I just kind of like, yeah, I was good at planting myself in front of the net and knocking in rebounds. Yeah. And, you're uh, a crash. You're a crash line guy. Yeah. 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 They, they just needed a grinder to be along these two skilled guys. <laughs> Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, which I was. Yeah, no, that's great, Johnny. You played hockey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wish I had. I, I'm, I have so many like of those dumb, like sports regrets from from being a kid. Yeah, one of my biggest. I never played football, and like while I'm glad I didn't play high school football, like I wish I would have played peewee football. Yeah, I wish I played earlier too. I played freshman year football. Like I love football so much, and um. And so I, I played freshman year and a team was like so bad. Like they were, we, the freshman team was horrible. There was like 
and it was literally like 11 guys 12 guys so it was like yeah. everybody played everything all game offense and defense yeah it was there was no there was like a substitute <laughs> like we had yeah. nobody yeah. and um and we were so bad and i will never forget like that was the hardest i've ever been hit um like in my life was playing freshman football like game one we played this team called Paquanic. Um, shout out to Jarek Jeter, where he uh, spent some time. Um, <laughs> but they they were huge. They were just like these monster freshmen. They were gigantic, right? And yeah. uh, and kickoff happens, and like kickoff is crazy. It's a crazy moment. <laughs> and uh, I was running down the field, and this guy just like lined me up, and just like I had my head turned, looking like following the ball carrier, trying to get to him. And this blocker came like on my side, and just like like hit me up in the air yeah and i like the way that i feel it happened was that my feet left the ground and i like was fully flat on my back and then landed because i was just like i remember being like oh this is the first hit of the game that i just took (laughs) and now i have to keep playing (laughs) did knock the wind out of you it did It, it really screwed me up and again there was no like it was like kickoffs over okay now i'm playing on the defensive line, like immediately, there was no like get off the field and do anything else. Yeah, but you didn't have to like stop the game and have like have like the coach come out. No, 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 no. I, my teammate just helped me up and was just like, "You're right," and I was like, "Well, let's keep going." Yeah, find <laughs> I don't have you a know. choice whether to be all right or not. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that was it. But uh, but I did play some tight end and caught a couple passes, which was uh, was very very cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, the thing I wanted to ask you about with with the Devils is uh. Yeah. So there's a lot of Devils fans in Colorado. Uh, oh, interesting. Because they used to be the Colorado Rockies. Colorado Rockies, yeah. But from what I understand, the New Jersey Devils don't like to really acknowledge that. Yeah, like, they don't. They don't like. They throw back only as far as the green and red and white jerseys. Yeah, they, they which I like wear. a lot. Oh, love them. They're so yeah. great. But they never rock those old Colorado Rockies jerseys. Yeah, no, apparently for a while they wouldn't even like acknowledge it in their team history. They would just be like, "Oh, the the devil started in whatever year they moved to New Jersey." Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and granted, I get it because like there was what like I think five years in Colorado and one year in Kansas City, and then they've been the Devils ever since. Yeah, they did it. Like they were in Kansas City too. Yeah, I mean, and there was nothing to write home about. Um, but like, it is kind of weird. I remember like the big twenty fifth anniversary of of the Devils being in Jersey, and it's like well, this is not the 25th anniversary of the team, but it, they yeah. made, they, they sell it. They sold it like that. Yeah. So like whenever they celebrate anniversaries, it's like they sell it as if the team just popped wasn't up it, in Jersey. Yeah. It was an expansion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which yeah. they might as well have been. They were terrible when they moved there. So they were terrible. They were garbage. Yeah. 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 And they were garbage for a bunch of years in Jersey. Yeah. Colorado didn't like build a franchise at all before shipping it out. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a yeah. reason they moved. Like Absolutely. And there was cared. always a rumor. I don't know if it was true, but like, there was a lot of pressure on the, on the avalanche, which they finally did to like, have like a third Jersey. That was a throwback to the Rockies. Yeah. There there was a rumor. The devils had the rights to that logo and wouldn't release it. Oh, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah. I mean, that would kind of make sense because the avalanche carry the Nordiques history. Yeah. So that's like, that's what they carry. That's what they go back to. So, right. um, Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that was true, but those, those old Rockies jerseys are fantastic. Like sometimes when I'm playing, uh, when I'm playing video games, I'll pick the Devils just so I can like let's scroll through their old jerseys and be like, "Oh, look at those! Yeah, those, those blue and red and yellow jerseys—they're fantastic." Oh, well, speak, speaking of which, I did a festival in Toronto, 
uh, and Justin Williams was on it. Our good friend, Justin Williams. Oh yeah. Justin Williams. Uh, and he bought a Kansas city scouts Jersey just for the festival. Wow. I mean, that is a, that's a rare Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to rep his hometown in like in a hockey city. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a cool move. That's, <laughs> I feel like Kansas city is primed for like either a basketball team or a hockey team at this point. I mean, for a while there, they were, they were like the number one city when they talked about expansion. Right. You know, it, it shifts a lot. You know, like you'd always heard Seattle, you always heard Vegas, which finally got teams, but you'd hear like Houston and Kansas city and Portland. Yeah. I'm surprised well. they haven't gotten one yet. Yeah. And Hamilton, which would be just like, <laughs> I think Hamilton is to Toronto. What, what Newark is to uh, New York. Oh, is was Hamilton is in Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just like, it's, it's, you can see it from, from uh, Toronto. Yeah. But yeah. It's like an industrial city, just kind of like 15, 20 miles down the road. And they want a franchise. Yeah, there's all, there's always talk of it. I mean, like, man, the Maple Leafs have a huge following. Toronto's big enough for a second team. Yeah, yeah, they they do seem like it. I mean, like, you know, New York has two teams and everything, so. Right. And three in hockey, if you if you count the Devils. Yeah, three, and uh, actually four if you count Buffalo, right? I, I too sh- but I don't. No, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to count Buffalo. Yeah, it's too far away. <laughs> Like the Devils are the only New Jersey team anymore. Is there a lot of like Jersey pride in that? Yeah, there is. I mean, they they when when the Nets moved out, they kind of they had a like a branding of Jersey's team because yeah. they are the team in Jersey. Um, and I, there is there is some pride in that. There is like a like a selling point for them that they are the only team in New Jersey. Um, and I think that's very cool. I, and I they've embraced uh, being in New Jersey. You know, once ownership got solid. Uh, and there was all the rumors of them leaving uh, stopped. They kind of really embraced being in New Jersey, even more so than just being here, existing as a franchise. You know? Yeah. Because I, when they won the cup in 95, they almost moved to Nashville the year right, right after. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, because, damn. Yeah. Like their attendance was so bad. Um, a combination of like they were just getting good and getting to the old brendan Byrne slash continental airlines arena uh was a nightmare you couldn't get there without really? a car yeah you couldn't get there without a car i mean prudential while it's easy to get to like it's still like you know people like warn you like oh don't don't walk around a lot around prudential yeah i mean i think that there's 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 uh reason and and racism in that yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean but like for the most part like you're fine you know, oh, and, and I, I never the, felt unsafe, and I, yeah. and I go to every Avs game there. Yeah, you're you're by the trains, you're by the, the a massive train station hub, um, and in the game, there's like you know thousands of people running around. So yeah, right. I, honestly, like if they were still in Continental, I would not have gone to as many games as I've gone to uh, since they moved to Newark because Continental, even though they put in a train, is terrible. It's a terrible place. So wait, where was it? It's, it was uh, across the highway from uh, Giant Stadium. Okay. Oh, okay. By the Meadowlands. Yeah. All right. Okay. Right. Yeah, that would be a rough spot. Um, now they have a train. It's a little better. And yeah. Look, I, I'm not going to bash Continental Airlines Arena too much because I did see the Devils win a Stanley Cup in person there. So. Which one? The 2003 uh, when they beat Anaheim. Okay. Game not seven. I was yeah. there. It was amazing. They shut them out in game seven, right? Uh, I think they, I think they won three, one, okay. uh, but um, 
yeah, it was the most tense at sports atmosphere I've ever been in. Really? Uh, from beginning to end. And then, and then as it was ending, it was like, like they were up and you knew they were going to win. And there was also like, it was Ken Danica's going to be his last game. So there was like, everybody was just like, the place was like, like roiling. It was going crazy. I swear like the Raptors were like shaking. It was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Ken Danica's last game. I guess it wasn't quite like Ray Bork because he'd already won a couple. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, da- I mean, Danico is just like a, he's like, he was like the, the, the personification of devil's hockey, which is, he didn't score a lot of goals and he wasn't the best player in his position, but he worked his dick off and uh, lost a lot of teeth. Right. And that's what I wanted to talk about too, is because like the devils kind of created this, or they were the first team to really kind of like be known for this, like ultra conservative defensive Jacques Lemaire kind of thing. But like, the I don't remember people hating the devils back then. Like people thought the devils were cool. Well, they were, such a huge underdog that first cup that they right. won like because detroit was a monster um and they you know detroit went on to win the two cups right after that but like that was a such a feel-good story because they were a franchise that had been a joke for so long uh and then they had their hearts broken the year before by right. uh john rosenberger's new york rangers um so they were kind of like they were a team that everybody's apologized john <laughs> yeah apologize i've, I've apologized so many times <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no they were like they were they were a cinderella team and then kind of after that um a lot of backlash came against the way that they were playing hockey which was uh trapping teams in the neutral zone and yeah. kind of stymieing the flow of play but i still don't feel like they get i mean maybe i, I was too young to notice but like uh like teams these days that play that kind of style, I feel like get a lot more shit than the Devils did back then. Yeah, like, I, maybe it's because I was a Devils fan, and yeah. when you're young, you know, and people criticize your team, you take it weirdly personal. Uh, yeah. So I remember like some stories. Also, like we're not we were not inundated with takes. We didn't have hot take culture. Like every single moment of every single day like being like i gotta have a crazy opinion about this your nine-year-old life wasn't full of hot takes it was not full of hot takes no no but there was enough there was like stuff in like espn like hockey night or um in sports illustrated or even in like you know the local papers um talking about how teams thought that the devils didn't play a beautiful brand of hockey yeah um they played it ugly but also in jersey we were like, we love it. We play ugly. Like we'll, <laughs> right. we have Mike Peluso and Randy McKay running around, knocking people over. And like, we don't, we will win one, nothing. And we don't care about that. So my history with the devils was, so I got into hockey in 94 mm. and like all my friends who were into hockey, like, you know, I, I kind of decided I was like, I'm going to be into hockey. And now there's a team called the mighty ducks. I'm going to be into them. And they're like, no, you're not into the mighty ducks. You're into a team called the New York Rangers. This is their year. Oh, wow. Like, I was like, okay, I'll, 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 I'll follow the Rangers. And it turned out to be such a fun year to be a Rangers fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, were, you, were you in Colorado at this time? Yeah, I was in Colorado. This before we had the avalanche. Right. Right. And uh, we it got to the conference finals and I'm not even sure I was aware there was a team called the New Jersey devils before that. Yeah. But it was like watching that was like, Oh, these guys are kind of cool. And then they were, they were cool that year. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was the year afterwards, the year after I got really into hockey and I just developed this, just this hate of eric lindros you were well well deserved i mean yeah yeah he just seemed like such a bully to me 
And I then, hated Eric Lindros too, and I was yeah, a kid. I well, hated him so much. And then the Devils played the the Flyers. I believe it was the conference finals that year that they won it all. And like it was so like it was so refreshing to watch the Devils beat up on the Flyers. And you yeah, know, like, Scott Stevens was like a hero, kind of like slaying oh my the God, dragon. He's just like crushed people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll never Which, forget that hit he put on Lindros. But that was later on. That was later on, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, that, that was the – and also, like, that created a new rivalry for the Devils, which was, like, for a bunch of years, like, that Philly Devils – those Philly Devils games were crazy. Yeah? Yeah. They, they were, like – it was a great rivalry. Yeah, no, it's definitely – so, are Southern Jersey folk, are they more Flyers fans? Yeah, yeah. So, like, when you get down – when you get down, uh, like, to South Jersey, like, I'm talking – like um like way south jersey uh by philly you get they're all philly not all i would guess but like a lot, most of them are phillies fans kind of the way in north jersey like you have people who are live in jersey their whole lives but are rangers fans because that's yeah. just what they, their parents grew up with um uh, but yeah there's flyer it's a lot, a lot of flyers fans and phillies and eagles fans down there i was thinking about that today it's just kind of like wow like Jersey is kind of like Pennsylvania in that it's, it's split into two separate f- sports factions, but it's silly because Jersey's like actually a pretty small state. Right. Well, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because like you said, like we were talking about earlier, Jersey is the Jersey, the New Jersey Devils are the only team that it, it has New Jersey in front of their name in all of pro sports. And these people live in New Jersey, but they're also, I mean, it's small, but, they're two and a half, three hours away from ever yeah. going to a New Jersey Devils game, whereas they're 15, 20, 45 minutes away from going to a Flyers game. Right, which is which is also crazy. Like, you know, I'm from the I'm from the West where you can drive like eight hours and not leave your state. <laughs> uh, but then you come to the, the East Coast and you drive eight hours and you hit like seven states. Yeah, yeah, you are you're but, through a lot of them. But if you start in North Jersey and drive all the way to it takes a while to go through Jersey. If you just start in North Jersey and don't leave Jersey and drive all the way south, you're like, well, if you yeah, if you drive straight straight a cell, uh straight shot down, yeah. Yeah, especially if you have traffic, you're like, man, Jersey's huge. Yeah, you'll you'll hit some you're gonna hit some traffic on the Garden State Parkway, I'll tell you in the middle of the summer, I'll tell you how much. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh it is kind of an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about how uh so we all thought Scott Stevens was the coolest when we were younger. And then I didn't realize, I guess I, did, I didn't give Niedermeyer enough credit until he went to the Ducks. Well, you know? yeah. Like, was he was he that much of a badass and just kind of in, in Stevens' shadow the whole time? Because, like, when he went to the Ducks, I, I believe he was captain of Team Canada that yeah. year in the Olympics. He you know, uh, Niedermeyer was, like, one of, he was one of my favorites. And he's one of the few devils with his number retired, too. But um, so Steve in a way it makes me feel a little, a little bad for Niedermeyer because he was like this beautifully um, perfect offensive defenseman. Right. Like in today's game, like he would be even, he would be like a superstar. Absolutely. But, um, but it was kind of like the era he played in was a little different, but also the team he played on was like very defensive minded. And he, he scored a lot of goals playing on that team in that style, but he yeah. was not his like full free self. Um, right. that he could have been probably, but he also, he played, he, he was such a key part of their Stanley cup runs. Um, that like, he, it's not a sad thing. He was wonderful. And he's like devil's fans, like love Scott Niedermeyer. But when he went to the ducks, you kind of saw him free up a little and become 
the more offensive uh, right. a contributor that, that he uh, that he always kind of could have been. Like he wasn't allowed to pinch back in the devil days. Right. Like he was the only guy who could get away with it because yeah. he was a, he was a vet and also he was fast and very good. But uh, but there's a reason why it's Scott Stevens, who is like the epitome of the devils and not Scott Niedermeyer. Did Rafalski get away with it? Rafalski did, yeah. Then Rafalski was like the next guy who kind of was able to sneak up a little bit. But like the Devils only ever had like one of those guys and they still kind of had to play a little bit within the system. But Rafalski is a guy who you saw too when he went to Detroit. He was kind of a different player. Right, right. Because he could be a little more free. Yeah, I I didn't plan on bringing up Rafalski, but the moment I said his name, I was just like, oh, you know, another great devil I loved was, was John Madden. Oh, dude, I loved John Madden. Yeah was an uh that dude ruled yeah just just that the, the, the kind of guy that like you know he was, he was a defensive specialist but man when he got on a breakaway it's just kind of like oh my god mad dog man and also he was a great uh shorthand goal scorer that's what i mean too yeah and i mean i first well first drew me attention my attention to him was that his name was john madden <laughs> yeah and then I was just like, oh, that's interesting. Then I just, I'm sure I watched some playoff series where I was like, whoa, this guy rules. Yeah. I love, yeah, Madden. Um, he was, he was great. Yeah. I loved uh, like those kinds of guys were like always fan favorites on the devils. Those gritty dudes. Right. Uh, the other thing that I, the reason, one of the reasons I think I like the Devils so much is my high school growing up. Uh, our, our mascot was called the devils. Oh, really? Yeah. Which nice. meant that there was there was a handful of uh, of Baptist kids in our in our in our area who weren't allowed to go to our school simply because of the name of our school. Oh my God, that's incredible! What a good yeah. way to weed out the losers. I know it, it, it never <laughs> seemed to, it, it was great because like there was they would like petition our, our principal and our principal just never flinched. Good for him. That's yeah, great. They wanted to change our name to the Eagle Valley Rhinos or the, at one point the Rainbows. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Which was just kind of like, and this is before, like it become like a gay icon, but we're all like, we're not the rainbows. We're the devils. Yeah. We're the devils. Yeah. Also the devils have one of the great logos in all sports. Well, and we totally ripped it off for our high school hockey team, you, which you definitely should have. We had the EV, uh, you know, and the E had horns and then the V had not, not coming off the bottom of the V. Cause that would have made it look like a Y, but they had, like had the, the pointed tail coming off the uh, the the far end of the V. Oh, cool! But, but I always thought that like it was it was it was straight and it wasn't like wiggly at all, so it looked like an arrow. Oh well, which I never loved, but uh, because but we we but we rocked like we had devil's jerseys except for the logo. We had that logo, but it was otherwise it was the, you know, the same stripes and everything. The oh, same pattern. amazing! Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. were like. And on top of that, they were the former Rockies. So I think a big part of that was the reason that the Devils were very popular in my hometown. That's so cool. I, I hadn't even, I wouldn't have even thought that that was a thing. I mean, I listened to a podcast the other day where they're talking about like the greatest uh, team logos and they all agree the Devils is great because it's so like, because uh, a kid can draw it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a, that's a thing. And also just like the look of it. And like, I love, I love when teams like sneak the, the initials or whatever um, into the logo. Uh, right. I, everything about it is just perfect. And then when you learn what the New Jersey Devil is, it's even cooler. Oh yeah, the, yeah. It, yeah. The the history of of the, uh, the the Jersey Devil is great. Right. Yeah. It's absolutely. It's. I mean, I don't want to get into too much, but if you if you guys don't know about the Jersey Devil, just by all means check it out. Which is this pretty much 
they think it's just kind of like a pterodactyl that survived all this time and lives in the pine barrens yeah don't go to the pine barrens alone at night or with yeah. the sopranos or whatever um but Which it was I've... a it was a name it was a write-in contest for the name oh really yeah oh well then uh kudos whoever thought of that yeah for sure yeah. the jersey i've actually heard some people like be like you know totally downplay the jersey devil it's like it's total bullshit it was never a fucking thing but do stay out of the pine barrens oh there i mean if you if you just google pine barrens and like they're foreboding even in pictures yeah what are they exactly it's just, it's just like a, a swamp forest basically yeah yeah it's just like undeveloped uh, land uh that uh, you can get lost in but it's like super thick vegetation right yeah it's like, like high trees low visibility um and it's like not mapped out in any kind of way yeah, yeah it's scary the, the kind of area that satan could hang out in undetected yeah well yeah that's exactly it <laughs> <laughs> one of his cool hangout spots right um oh uh so i i, I i'm once again i'm quoting another podcast but uh uh, I listened to a podcast where they they tried to break down if they were going to do like a, a like an all time NHL hits team, which was like mm. a, a video game where they you only had three players. Oh yeah! If they did an all time NHL hits team for every single team, who would you have? And when they got to the Devils, it was the only team they decided they would have two defenders. Uh, oh really? Forward, instead of two forwards and a defender, but then they couldn't decide who would be the forward because the Devils have never really had like an offensive superstar. Like well, you got, you got Elias yeah. and you had Mogilny during his later years and, yeah, and Kovalchuk for a little bit. You had Scott Gomez come up there. Um, Scott Gomez, yeah. And he kind of fell off after he signed that big contract with the Rangers. Which but he was, was great with the Devils. Yeah, with the Devils. No, he was great. He was like a big – he was a facilitator um, in a big way. But, um, uh, God, what's the guy's name? Johnny, who's, who's the guy – the Devils uh, – they traded him to Arizona – uh not arnett no not no, no not Ar- not arnett it was just uh recently um oh taylor hall taylor hall yeah taylor hall would probably be the guy he's the only devil who ever won an mvp trophy so uh um, only mvp really yeah so i would probably say he's the guy but if if he doesn't have enough like uh devil's kind of weight i would go i mean i would go scott gomez okay yeah i, I didn't even think of scott gomez i was leaning towards towards elias yeah, but, and Scott uh, Gomez won Rookie of the Year and the Stanley Cup in the same year. So right, and there was the year that I mean, the year that he became a free agent, he like he earned his paycheck. I remember like that playoffs, like it was just like he's gonna be a free agent, and then he was like the best player in that, oh. that entire postseason. Yeah, he was great, and like when he signed with the Rangers, it was kind of like, yeah, go get your money. I mean, yeah, he, he had been so good for so long. I don't know what happened to him um, after that contract, but uh, but he was a great Devil. I do like that when a player leaves your team, but it's like you had that feeling of like, yeah, go get it. Like I remember when, uh, uh, when, 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 when the last year of Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler was playing half the time and it was like, he was going to take over. And then the Texans offered him like $18 million a season. And the, the Broncos were like, okay, let him go. And like, usually like when, like when Cutler left the Broncos, everyone hated him. But when Osweiler left, they were like, good, good for you. Yeah. Just go get it. If we, you're, I'd be mad at the Broncos. They paid you that much. I'm glad you're making that money. It's going to be the one contract in your life that you get that. Yeah. Yeah. Who did they put as uh who did they pick for the defenders? Obviously Scott Stevens and was it Danico? No, Niedermeyer. Oh, Niedermeyer. Duh. Yeah. 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 For sure. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then I, I don't know who they had in goal. Uh, probably uh, uh, Mike Dunham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike Dunham. Yeah, it was probably Chris Terreri, maybe. Uh, uh, there's a there's a beat writer that I that I follow. He used to be the Avalanche beat writer, but got fired for 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 drunken texting or drunken tweeting, I should say. But uh, sure. he has a collection. He, which is amazing when he shares pictures of it. He loves to collect jerseys of players who played their entire career with one team. And then at the very end of the career played with someone else. And he just, he, he shared a picture of a Brodeur uh, blues Jersey recently. And I was like, that's, it's such a fun collection. He's got like a Gordie Howe Whalers Jersey. And a oh yeah. Those Johnny Unitas chargers Jersey. And does he have a name uh, Rams Jersey? Oh, maybe that was it. I'm sure he had, I'm sure he does. It's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like such a sad thing. It's, but it's hilarious too. Like if someone were like walk into your trophy room and just see all these, like, wait, wait, wait is that a Bob York Blackhawks jersey? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's great. Look at me. I love the, like collecting them, but it's like such a such a strange thing when it's like a guy like goes to the team because he thinks he's got more than what his original team thinks he has left, and then right. quickly realizes that he does not. Or if they're t- if the team just dumps him instead of like giving him just like okay, let him be back up. Come on, he's a franchise player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like those guys don't want to do that, and I don't blame them. Right, know? right. Uh, I get but it. God, that St. Louis Blues Brodeur jersey. I would, if I get rich enough, I will gather them all up and burn them. <laughs> That'll be my quest, my eccentric billionaire quest. Yeah, there's a. Uh, uh, you're, you're a fan of the movie Slapshot, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So apparently, Jamestown, Pennsylvania, which is what Charlestown is based on. Uh, they have a slap shot fest every year. And one of the big events is they, they, they hold is a creative ways to destroy copies of slap shot too. Oh my God. That's incredible. <laughs> and so it's... people will like shoot them or set them on fire or run over them in, in a steamroller, but that's like a thing they do every year. That's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. I love that. <laughs> that will be what I do with all of Martin Broder's. The Broder, Broder Blues 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 Blues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Uh, so I think uh, th- this podcast leans a little heavy towards uh towards the Colorado Avalanche. Sure. Having a Devils fan on, I'd, I'd think that we would it'd be a crime if we didn't bring up Claude Lemieux. Ah, Claude Lemieux. Yeah. Uh, the pest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he's still looked back on pretty favorably in Colorado, even though he maybe did his most horrific thing while with the Avalanche. Yeah, he was somehow meaner in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you remember who, who he was traded for to come to Colorado? Gosh, I don't. I don't remember. See, I didn't either. I looked this up today. So, uh, so you just won Con Smythe in '95 with the Devils. Yes, yeah, he was uh, incredible that year. Yeah, uh, he was always incredible in the postseason. Which yeah. I remember. Uh, quick aside that he, so he made the postseason, and I read this today to confirm the actual numbers. He made the postseason the first 15 years of his career. It's nuts. Uh, never missed it. And then in year 16, he was playing for the Coyotes, and they like fell out of contention with like two or three games left in the season. And he refused to play. He's like, I don't play meaningless games and fucking left the team. <laughs> that sounds just like Claude Lemieux. He sounds, he seems like a real dick. I mean, he is like the ultimate, you love that guy if he's on your team and hate him if he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he was traded the, the way he came from the uh, devils to the avalanche is he was in a three, a three team deal that sent uh, Lemieux to the abs the Avs sent Wendell Clark to the Islanders. Oh, God. And the Islanders sent Steve Thomas to the Devils. Oh, yeah, Steve Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Thomas was a solid player. I mean, I remember him mostly as a Blackhawk, but even then, yes. I was pretty young. Yeah, no, he, that was kind of, I think that's 
what most people remember Steve Thomas from. But well, and, he had a couple good years in the Devils. And then three years later, we, we sent Lemieux back to you for, in exchange for Brian Ralston. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, 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 yeah. I loved Ralston. He was, a, he was like a, a brought up through the farm system kind of guy. He was never great with the Avalanche, although I do think he would. He, he has kind of like a, a John Madden kind of presence where he was like super fast, uh, really good on a breakaway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ralston was a solid. He was a solid dude. I mean, he's like a two, three line guy, but but he would always like give you his, give you his all. But he was yeah. never going to be like a superstar. And then I didn't look this up, but I'm pretty sure we traded Ralston for Ray Bork. Oh, did you? Is that when you got Ray, Ray Bork? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I, think I remember so. him on. I remember him on Boston. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, okay, if you remember him in Boston, then my story somewhat checks out. I think that, that that's I believe that's true. Yeah, yeah. you guys I mean, got that Bork that you you gave Bork his uh, his his gold uh, golden moment there. Yeah, right. Which is uh, Bork was the first uh, jersey retired by the Avalanche. It's so funny. Which, yeah, which feels very kind of like inappropriate. Just kind of like he was there for maybe a hundred games, <laughs> a season and a half. I so speaking of. Like the Devils were kind of um, favorable, uh, viewed favorably in that in that uh, Stanley Cup Finals against Detroit. They were kind of not the darlings in the Colorado series because of Bork. Yeah, absolutely. They were not like people were not enamored with with them standing in the way of Bork winning a Stanley Cup. Well, they had just won the year before. Yeah, it, they had already won. They had yeah. they, and they, they had won, you know, two cups now in in this amount of time. Yeah. Um they were kind of a powerhouse at that point and uh and Bork was just like people just wanted to see it. I remember I when that series ended, I was so pissed and my dad was like, "Well, I want to see Ray Bork." And I was like, "I don't I, like, I don't want to see." Him. <laughs> I was so mad. I mean, I remember so the year before in 2000 like I believe the Avs and and the Stars were in the conference finals. And, uh, and the, the devils were like a, like a four or a five seed. Yeah. And so like, it was, it was very much the consensus just like, Oh, that the Western conference finals is the true Stanley cup finals. And the stars and had when, won the year before that. Yeah. Yeah. And then when Dallas and they beat Colorado the year before yeah. that. So when Dallas beat Colorado again, I was just like, great. Now we're going to watch Colorado stomp or sorry, we're going to watch Dallas stomp New Jersey. Yeah. Like they stomp Buffalo. And then watching New Jersey beat Dallas was so awesome. It was oh, just like, that, oh, this is so great. That was one of my favorite. It, I think, like, uh, obviously seeing them win the cup was, like, incredible. But there was something really special about that Dallas series because it, like, it kind of it kind of affirmed that the that the organization was not a fluke, you know? Right. That they had, right. They had bi- built up themselves the right way, that, that they could get there again and they could win it in a real season. Because that was a thing. A lot of people also said that they did not play a full season in 95, so yeah. they wanted to give them an asterisk uh, next to that cup well, didn't win. You, didn't you guys miss the playoffs the year after you won the cup? The year after they missed the playoffs, yes. Yeah, yeah. so it did, I'm sure it did feel like a fluke. Right, right. People were like, oh, yeah, they, it was just kind of lucky. Um, so getting back there a couple years later and then beating them, and I'll, like, I'll never forget that Jason Arnott double overtime goal in game six, one of my yeah. favorite goals of all time. I recall it too, yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Uh, let's see what else we got here um okay i don't want to bring the mood down but do you want to talk about the current devils <laughs> i mean look i i uh, they are they've been a frustrating bunch ever since that very unexpected run to the stanley cup finals um in 2011 uh but i 
I feel better about them now than I've felt in, a, in like a, a bunch of years. I think that they are not having obviously a very good year, but they have Jack Hughes, they have uh, Ty Smith, and they have Nico Heischer, and they're very, very young. Um, they're stockpiling draft picks. I think that they're going to be good in like probably a year or two. I mean, I remember, I think it was last year, last season, like I thought they were going to be great. Like when they picked up Subban. Yeah. And then they, and they picked up, uh, you know, they, they had Taylor Hall coming off an MVP season. Same. And then they got Jack Hughes. And then uh, what was, oh, they picked up uh, Gusev, Gusev. Yeah. I, I, I had high hopes for that team. And did, did they just wave him this year? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Was he bad? I guess he was good when he first came over. He was, but I, like, I feel like at this point, they're just like, if we don't see you as part of our future, like we need to move on. Yeah. Like that, they just traded Palmieri and they traded Travis Zajac, who has been a devil forever um, to, to the Islanders last week. And that kind of blew my mind, but also they're like, we don't need Kyle Palmieri more than this year. So we're not, why not get some, you know, draft picks for him. But I, I've heard rumors too, that Palmieri might be very likely to sign back with the devils in the off season. I would believe that. Yeah. Uh, because I think that they have a mutual uh, fondness for each other. Yeah. Um, but I think the devils are saying like, we're stockpiling, we're getting ready for not this year and maybe not even next year, but like we're, we're getting ready for a big run in like a, in a season or two. Yeah. And I think, I think Mackenzie Blackwood is, I mean, he's, definitely not like a top five goalie in the league, but he's, he's not bad. He's solid. I mean, like they can, they can work with, uh, they can work with Mackenzie Blackwood and, um, and, and Wedgwood's given them some good, um, some good time, but uh, like they can work with those guys if they, if they have the talent around them. But yeah. The problem with the devil's the last bunch of years is they cannot hold the lead. And it makes me crazy because watching that team that we were just talking about that, that era, like, if they had a lead, it was like lockdown. Right, right. Yeah. If they scored a goal in the first five minutes, then it's like, yeah, we'll win. We'll win two nothing. <laughs> yeah, two nothing with an empty net goal. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so it's almost like I feel like uh, the circle coming back around and being like, <laughs> look, you won uh, a lot of games and a couple championships playing like this, but not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you guys win four cups? They won three, and they played three. in they played in five finals. Okay. Yeah. Uh, El Broder. Martin Broder, the greatest of all time. Greatest I mean, goalie of all time. It's weird because, like, as like a big Patrick Waugh fan, uh, you know, because Waugh set the record uh, of, like, you know, like winning this goalie of all times. And then, like, three years later, Broder broke it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's weird because I remember, like, hating uh, Eddie Belfour. <laughs> when he was like you know like competing with with Waz being like the the best goalie and i never like held that same hate for Brodeur. yeah i i mean i think again the devils like aside from their rivals you know like like philly fans and uh, rangers fans um the devils were not they were not never the bad guys really right yeah it's especially yeah outside of the east coast it's like everyone kind of likes them like a scrappy younger brother Right. Like they were scrappy. It was like, it was wild to think like they play across the river from, from New York and like, they're the ones who are like making Stanley cup finals and winning championships. Yeah. Um, oh. So yeah. Like, like when the Rangers get good, like haters come out of the woodwork. <laughs> right. I, I like, I'm not a Rangers fan, but it is like interesting to see like New York comes alive with, with like, 
a lot of spirit for them. But then also you see so many people just being like anybody but the Rangers. I just don't want them to win. Well, speaking of Rangers, Rosenberger, do you have any hot takes on the Devils? Um, no, not really. You know, I uh, I was surprised that nobody brought up Ilya Kovalchuk when you were talking about who would be the forward in that hits team. Yeah, yeah. Kovalchuk's a good good uh, nominee for that, actually. But how many years was he there? Like four, five, three or four. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then he he. The Devils tried to give him that big contract that the NHL voided because it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it would still be in effect now, right? Yeah, I think so. And uh, and then he left for Russia. And yep. the only reason I would say that he wouldn't be is because Devils fans do not have a good thought in their hearts for Ilya Kovalchuk. I've heard theories, though, that actually he did the Devils a favor by taking off like, like and not saddling him with that contract. I think in the long term he did like because even even like what they were going to sign him for, um, what they signed him for after that was like, you know, not a light contract. Um, right. But it was tough because the Devils like had lost Parisi the year before mm-hmm. to Minnesota, which we kind of we kind of said like and he's another guy who who could be nominated for that that hits that forward spot. Oh yeah. Um, but but. He went home to Minnesota, so it was kind of like, you know, you, you carried us to a finals. We almost got it done uh, and won a cup with you, but, like, now you want to go home and play in Minnesota. It was like, okay, that's fine. I do like Parise a lot, too. Yeah, I love that dude. Yeah, um, American so then, hero. And then Kovalchuk left, uh, and there was not the same love for him leaving because it felt sudden, and he was not, like, a guy that had come up through the system. So yeah. Uh, it felt like I know that a lot of Devils fans did not appreciate that. So, John, where do the Devils rank in your like in like Rangers rivalries? Like they're not they're no Islanders or, or Flyers, right? Um, my my stance on the Devils has shifted a lot as I became an adult and became friends with more Devils fans. Uh, okay. No, I would say. In my early days of fandom, they were probably number one because that was when we were like jockeying back and forth in 90, you know, 93, 94, 95, stuff like that. Um, then the Islanders just became a team that I hated because it was who you were supposed to hate when you were a Rangers. Fan. <laughs> but I think now my rivalry would go Philly, Pittsburgh. Islanders Devils in division. Wow. You know. Okay. I mean, I love I love the Devils. A lot of my favorite me- hockey memories uh are surround are like rooted in playing the Devils, whether it be like Chris and I and our friend Aaron Conroy went to uh, a Devils game and it was yeah. a lot of fun. My favorite my second favorite hockey fight of all time is against the Devils. Uh that Which was that. What? That was that full line fight. <laughs> yeah, oh like, yeah, yeah. You talk, you, we talked about this. Everybody yeah. just dropped the gloves immediately. And like even even like Tortorella's yelling at uh, who was your coach at the time? Uh, I think it was Pete DeBoer. Yeah, because it's like I see yeah. what you're doing, you asshole. Because uh, Tortorella had put out his first line, and DeBoer put out his fourth line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So then Torx pulled up, pulled the first line off and put his fourth line out. He said, they, you see what you're doing, you asshole? That's what an abusive husband yeah. says. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. made me do this. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're forcing me into. He was so <laughs> mad about it. He was um, furious. Playing, playing the Devils at Yankee Stadium, was. I went to that game. That was a lot of fun, you know. Yeah. So I think I have a lot of fond memories based around the Devils, and that prevents me from hating them too much. I mean, there. I, I have a huge. And we I, I have a big Mike soft Rupp. spot for Canadian teams, but uh, uh, as far as like American teams go, I think I go Colorado, uh, Islanders, Sabers, Devils, Rangers. Nice Islanders. I can take that. Yeah, the Islanders, huh? I don't. It, there's something scrappy about the Islanders. I think it, probably because I've never seen them be good in my lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> but there's like you know you know the history is that they were great. Yeah. Um, but well, it's, and when it's, when it's I was so young, long. I made a point of being a, a fan of every team that was a champion the year I was born. That's <laughs> really funny. So yeah, I was born in '83. So uh, like I, I have a soft spot for the Islanders, the Orioles, uh, the Redskins, and I think the Sixers. What a what a collection! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a collection of teams. <laughs> it's insane. I love that. We combined what zero championships since then. <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it's yeah the orioles the sixers have not won the islanders have not won the redskins yeah, won washington, in the early 90s washington won yeah yeah, yeah. That's true. um yeah i mean like i i kind of feel the same way in a lot of ways that john does like the rangers are like a team that i love to hate at this point in a good in like a way that like i hope i would love for the devils and the rangers to have an intense rivalry again the way that they did uh in the early 90s but you know they traded like 94, the, the, the Rangers broke uh, the Devils' hearts in, in the conference finals. And then in 2011, the, the Devils broke the Rangers' hearts in the conference finals. Like, they've traded mm-hmm. blows back and forth. Um, and it's always so great because, like, you get the back pages of the New York media, like, freaking out about, about the matchup if they're, in, if they're both good in, in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um We've been going close to an hour, so uh, let's get back to comedy talk. Um, <laughs> I ask everyone on this show, oh yeah, uh, if they have a stand-up ghost story, which is just uh, uh, just anything crazy happening in the world of comedy that you want to tell a story about. Uh, uh, and Calajero. Yeah, I I have a. It, it's funny because I I feel like sometimes I tell those stories and I just let them disappear out of my brain. Um, but uh, I was trying to think of one, and and also like. Like we were talking about earlier, comedy feels so far away now. Um, yeah. But I tried to run a show at a place in Hoboken. It was called Four L's, and I had won like a co- like a talent competition and like won like an act like won a forty inch flat screen TV from it. Okay. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm already like, uh, I'm playing with house money here. Like I already won everything I want to win here. Um, but they asked me to throw a show, and we booked the show. I booked the comedians. I made up like they made up. Um, like little postcard flyer things to hand out. I was promoting it and blah, doing it. Blah, blah. And then I realized like, as I was walking to the venue, like, Oh my, I had this moment. It's like <gasps> that it was game seven of the Lakers Celtics uh, NBA oh, finals Jesus. and Hoboken, every bar has a TV and everybody just packs in to watch stuff. Yeah. And I walked in and the bar was packed with people who wanted to watch a game yeah and sound was on and i like went to the woman that i was going through and i was like so 
and, and I was, I was a little young in comedy and not, uh, you know, far enough along. Or now I'd be like, Hey, I'm not going to do this show. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, this is, would be insane. And like, you can be mad at me or however you want to, you know, re- reschedule. But, but then I'm sure, you know, when you were younger, you're like, okay, I guess we'll just uh, try to do this show. And she was like, barely had time to talk because it's so busy. And so like the plan was like, go up at halftime and like start comedy. Um, and, and kill the TVs. And like, just turn the sound off on the TVs or something. Yeah. And I remember I went up and it was oh just God. like, it was, everybody was so mad. They were like spitting fire out of their eyes. They hated it. They were not listening. They would not shut up and I don't blame them. And then like, I put like, my friend on and then after that i was like well we're not i was like we can't i was like i can't put people i don't even really know that well who i booked like on this and it was just like i felt so horrible but like being on that stage and watching how much they they you knew they were gonna like they just hate hate in their eyes for for (laughs) for just even attempting to do this yeah um and then i just like sulked away and i was like that was like it was just so dumb and horrible oh man it is <laughs> so vulnerable. I've definitely had those moments too, especially early in my, in my comedy experience where like, you, you just don't, you don't know a crowd well enough to be like, okay, we're going to start the show three hours late or whatever, or, or not do it at all. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Like yeah. Now, now I know, like I, I, I went to something, I, I was supposed to host a show on 420 um, a couple years ago. And it was like through this branded thing for this like new cider that was coming out yeah. and Courtney McGinnis had hooked me up with this show um, cause she couldn't do it. And so I showed up and people had been, you knew that people had been drinking cause you, you know, when you walk into a bar and you're like, Oh, it's drunk in here. Yeah. Like I just <laughs> knew it. And it was 420 and there was like a lady playing an electric fiddle on a table and <laughs> there was all kinds of chaos going on and everybody was having a really good time. And I went up to the booker, the person in charge and was like, Hey, like, just so you know, this will be bad if we stop everybody from having fun and start telling jokes. I was like, I will do it for you if that's really what you want to do because you're paying me some money and like, whatever. But just so you know, it will be horrible. And yeah. they were like, yeah, you're right. We won't do it. And they just gave me like a free joint and uh, drink tickets and me and Patrick Schroeder hung out and watched basketball. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a very pro move on your part. Yeah, yeah. Schroeder was like, "Thank you so much." Yeah, for doing that. Let's get drunk. I did a show that uh, Rosenberger popped in at on Sunday. It was uh, at this brewery, uh, and uh, it was it was some guy's fortieth birthday, and they were having they were having a hell of a time. And uh, I think the party was starting to wind down a little bit, but we started the show. We ambushed them with the show. And it got them out of there so quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it it went from like, I know that like the bars aren't supposed to be at full capacity right now, but it was at whatever it's supposed to be. You know, they had like 15 people in this small room. And it's, you know, within, by the time the host set got done, 10 of those 15 had left. And by the time the second comic was done, all 15 were gone. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I I mean, I think that when we come back, there's going to be, like for reals and it starts rolling, like there's going to be a hunger for stand up and yeah. perform and live performance and people will go for that thing. But on the flip side, I think there's going to be less tolerance than ever for 
an ambush show. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. If people are out socializing for the first time in a year and we interrupt it, my God. No. Yeah. I like, I think that, I think that it's going to be like, like both things will be true. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. I did. A, I did an ambush. Last thing I'll say, I did an ambush show at like a Greek restaurant and it was supposed to be, it was like in, in like white plains or something. And it, I was hosting it and there was supposed, it was, it was supposed to be paid for like the comedy show. And so, but it was just a, it was just a square room. There was no divide. There was nothing anywhere that could like say, come in here for the comedy show. Yeah. It was just like a restaurant in a square room with a bar on like the side. And in the corner was the stage set up. I just did air quotes for the pod. And uh, <laughs> so then when the, when the time to come start the show was like, the guy was like, well, just go up and basically be like, if you pay to be here, you can like the comedy show starting, but if you haven't, like, could you give us money? <laughs> and I was like, that's how you want me to, that's the first thing you want me to say to the microphone. <laughs> I was like, how are we going to enforce this rule? Like, right. what are you talking about? And yeah. Open and your I, show by telling people they got to pay for something they thought was free. And they're just sitting there. Like, what are they yeah. getting? They're, at, they're not at a bar either. They're at a restaurant eating food. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? And uh, and then I, I started. I said that crazy thing. And I came up and I started and started trying to, you know, do a set. I just remember there was like a guy uh, right in front of me at a table, like finishing up his meal um, his like legs were crossed and he had his glasses on and he just like heard me say like one thing and then looked at his wife and he just like out loud went, I am not going to enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's, I was like, what can I, I, how can I, how can I deny that feeling that is so true? <laughs> it was just like, so like, uh, go ahead. I'll I'll leave soon. Oh man, that's uh, that's amazing to, to to get a review that early into your set and to just know that it's completely accurate. It was like, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. I'm interrupting yeah. so many people's night out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh god, uh, I I doing the ambush show this week just made me realize just like, oh god, I. I did not. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be a real bad thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should take a break on ambushing people for a little yeah. bit. I Can agree. I tell you We're a like... good uh, ambush show story? Oh, yeah. Uh, I did this show uh, in Long Island City, and it was 100% an ambush show. And um, in the front row is this table, and they have a, uh, they have a farewell cake. Oh, no. And uh, oh, God. the host uh, goes up and he's like, blah, blah, blah. He's doing like a little crowd work. He's like, oh, you guys have a farewell cake. Um, who, who's moving away? And the lady goes, my ovaries. <laughs> I just had a hysterectomy. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, I'm leaving now. You. <laughs> You don't have to put me off. I am going. <laughs> also, that's the greatest line of the night already. Like, it's done. Yeah, it is. It's a better joke than they're going to hear all night. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's man. so funny. Oh, man. <laughs> I uh, I feel bad because I, I, I had a plan of which, which stand-up ghost story to tell, and now I wish I would have thought of a good ambush 
God. No, no, no. no. We, we kind of just fell into it. Mine, mine was uh, when I first came to New York. Uh, like I had been here not even a month, and just kind of like just wide-eyed deer in the headlights, big city, kid, mountain kid in the big city. And uh, I went to a late-night mic at the pit. The pit used to have a mic every single night at eleven, and they would charge one dollar. Yeah. To do it, which like all the comics I knew that are respected wouldn't wouldn't do a paid mic, but this was the exception. Right, right. They pay a dollar, which like a year later they switched to three dollars and the quality of comics plummeted <laughs> like what wh- everyone treated a one dollar mic like it was still free sure but the moment they switched to three dollars like no good comics showed up anymore hilarious like, you used to see like mike lawrence there and you used to see like you know joe zimmerman would pop in and all this shit but i i was there one night and granted like keep in mind I, i'm i'm less than a month in new york uh and uh 11 o'clock mike and this, some girl gets up she's in the first group of five and uh and she just gets up on stage and she just starts like pacing back and forth doesn't go near the microphone and starts ranting about like precinct five like some police precinct and and i thought i, I was like oh it's she i know it's an improv theater this must be like an improv kid doing doing a stand-up thing which you know you see sometimes in the pit sure and then she started taking her clothes off yeah i know this lady oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah okay so but i, I had no <laughs> idea what was going on and before, like, people started groaning, and bef- literally before the groan was over, she was completely naked. Uh, yeah. And then she sat down on stage, and she, like, she had her purse next to her, and she pulled out pictures of her kids, and she, like, sat down on stage so you could, like, see down her birth canal, if you will. Like, she, like, rolled oh back on her God, shoulders, Jesus. and she held pictures of her kids next to her vagina, and she's like, these are my children. They came out of this hole, and mm. no one will ever take them away from me. Uh, and then she got the light and then wrapped up her set, which is the most like amazing thing. <laughs> At least she respected the light. So she totally respected the light. And then like, we were all like, like just in like, I, I was like in shock. And of course it being a New York open mic, like the next comic gets up and doesn't acknowledge it at all. Just does their <laughs> jokes. And it takes like three or four comics later to be like, what the fuck just happened back there? Oh my God. dude! But, and I was, I was, I was, my mind was blown. And then I like, you know, when, when the mic was over and we went out into the lobby of the pit and uh, like, I was telling people, I was like, the craziest thing just happened. And then I realized uh, other people had the same story because the pit has more than one room and she had done the same set. Oh, she did a, she did a pit In, in a other pit rooms. Circuit. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this girl came in and took off all of her clothes. And everyone's like, oh yeah, she did that upstairs too. Oh but, my God. <laughs> I, like, I oh, remember okay. her. Yeah. I remember her bouncing around New York. Was that like a, was that, was that her act? Yeah. Was mm-hmm. just getting, getting naked and shouting about her kids that maybe it may have been taken away or not? Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, didn't she show up at Mama's once? Yeah. She ate, uh, so she came to a mic I used to host at Mama's and it was, uh, the day of my work birthday party. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love so that it's come had- full circle to another ambush. Yeah. So they gave me a, they had given me a birthday cake. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. See how good. And I, uh, I'm not a big cake guy. So I just brought it with me to the, to the, uh, open mic and she went up last and just started grabbing full fistfuls of cake (laughs) and then throwing them on the ground and then eating them off of the ground. Jesus Christ. But 
Did she ever close on? Um, that time, I believe she might have, but she's been there a few times, other times without them. Oh, God. I forgot that she threw them on the floor and, like, didn't she, like, she, like, got down to eat them, like, on all fours, yeah. right? Yeah, she ate it off the floor. She didn't pick it up off the floor and ate it. She was down on the ground eating cake on that was on the floor. Ugh. I wish, I wish <laughs> the podcast. I wish the podcast listeners could see Brett's face. <laughs> it's so upset. It's, your face is so upset. It's not what I'm thinking about. I want to see the set where she crushed, where she gave her the confidence to do these things. Yeah, well, I don't think I that don't exists. Think it exists. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I feel, like, I feel like every bad comic has one, like, just like has the right audience at some point and like gains some weird confidence. And the problem is, like, you, with something like that, like you get people laughing for the wrong reasons. Yeah, and like it depends like on like, how, <laughs> yeah, well, right, like how it, how you take how the person doing it takes that in. Like, what does it mean to them? You know, right. So, I think that, yeah, she might have mistaken some Schadenfreude laughs mm-hmm. kind of for um for like actual laughs, but I, I it was a very like once you got past the shock of it, like it, it makes me very sad that this person is just running around there, like clearly unwell doing stuff like this. I have this issue, which like when someone says something they shouldn't say on stage and it's met with like complete silence. Yeah. There's like a two or three second pause. And then I, I cannot help but laugh. And I'm laughing <laughs> at like, why would you say that? Yes. Yes. And my, like my immediate brain thinks everyone knows why I'm laughing at that. But on a few occasions, I've been like, I've like turned to someone and been like, can you believe this? And they go, you're the only one laughing. Yeah. And no. I go, no, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, 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 God. You think that's that why feeling. I'm laughing? You know, the awkwardness is like sometimes like the thing you are laughing at. I completely agree. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just giving, I'm just encouraging them. And I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, God, what have I done? Yeah. 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 You, you basically sign them up for their next mic alone with your laugh. Damn it. <laughs> so... Yeah, next time you see a real weirdo on stage, you can, you can blame me, and I'm sorry. I, I don't do it on purpose. Yeah. Um, all right, I think that I think we're doing pretty good. Do you have anything you want to plug, Calagero? Uh, no, I mean, I you know you can go to uh, chriscalagero.com um, or uh, at real Chris Cal on Twitter and Instagram, where I put up a lot of um, silly videos. Uh, you can check out. All right, excellent. And uh, yeah. I think that we should maybe just, instead of a plug, just pass along your warning that uh, just go easy on the ambush shows for a few months. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's very wise. <laughs> right? John, you got anything? Um, I have uh, my second video show next Friday, 423, Heck 9 yeah. p.m. on Twitch. All right. Uh, uh, that's all I have. Okay. Right? Uh, I actually, I think I have something to, to plug for the first time on this podcast, which is... Oh, yeah. uh, Coming up on Saturday, we are doing uh, my my show, uh, Comedians Power Hour, has been picked up by this festival. So we are doing a Dust Off the Rust show, our first ever Zoom version of Power Hour. Oh, great. Uh, a great on, show. Yeah, on Saturday, if you want to tune in. Uh, uh, okay. We might be a little rusty, but you know what? We might not because the show kind of caters to some chaos. So uh, I agree. It could be perfect. Uh, and then on the, uh, the 24th, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, a, a Saturday, we are doing a show on my rooftop uh, here in Greenpoint at, at 239 Banker Street. And I have one of the best rooftops in Brooklyn. Oh, uh, absolutely you do, yeah. 
we have a killer lineup. We got we got Shane Torres, we got Chloe Radcliffe. Oh my god! And, uh, it'll be, it'll be a BYOB and BYO chair, but Great. it'll be a bitchin' show. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I think that's it. Are, are we good, guys? Cool. Yeah, I'm we're good. good. You're good. All yeah. right. Well, go Devils. Go Devils. <laughs> go Devils. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Work all day has got me sick, I'm tired of all the politics. Only one thing does the trick, time for broken shtick. Part hockey, part comedy, you get all of your kicks for free. There's only one place to be, here on Broken Shtick. The world is changing, don't you blink, outside and inside the rink. Go and pour yourself a drink, it's even later than you think. Just played you a trick and you feel like a lunatic. Grab a puck and a stick real quick. It's time for broken shtick. It's time for broken shtick. It's time for broken shtick.